Marriage God's way has been and is still under severe attack. People who don't know Jesus, they will do relationships in a selfish and godless way. And dysfunction and divorces and broken homes are to be expected in a home where people don't serve God. It's to be expected because they don't know the way. But it should not be present and certainly not the norm within the church of Jesus. Why? Why should it not be the norm? Because when you are a true Christian, you are supposed to be born again. Which means what? Your old selfish man died. He's dead. He's no longer there. And this new creation is now alive in Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I now have the mind of Christ. How does Jesus think? Does He think selfish thoughts? Or does He think loving thoughts? And you have access to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. Therefore, it must be possible for Christian born-again husbands to love his wife the way Christ loves the church, laying down his life. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to, to have you here. Those who are joining us for the first time, we are busy with a series called First. And our, our focus is to explore what it means to put God first in every area of our lives. What does that look like spiritually, practically, emotionally, all that stuff? What does it look like? Our main series scripture is linked to that first song we sang. If you were paying attention, you would have noticed. Matthew 6 verse 33. But seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Amen. And a quick recap. First, first sermon was called First Things First, where we spoke about how if we truly put God first, then by extension, we will put our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit first. And that means spending time with God, keeping ourselves pure. And then by further extension, but we would serve our local church where we all come together as temples of the Holy Spirit and serve the body of Christ. And then the next message was the first commandment. And we saw how important it was to ask ourselves daily this question, who do I love first? Do I love God first? And does that portray in my life? We saw that the people of God actually put Moses first. And when Moses was too long, was long gone, for 40 days, they turned to other gods because they didn't want to connect with God directly. And last week, with throughout all the power outages and challenges, I was able to bring a message called the firstborn. And I shared with you something really amazing of how God broke it open to us that His Son, Jesus Christ, was actually the first to be born again, leading the way for us, showing us the way 
of what that means. If you missed any of those, I want to encourage you to please go back and listen or watch those messages on our uh, Facebook or YouTube channels. Today's message is called Marriage First. And yes, it ties in beautifully with our book launch. But it may not be exactly what you think. And if you are not married, don't shut down. Please keep listening. I believe there's something here for everybody. Marriage first. I want to speak to the ladies here quickly. Who are either married or engaged or in a serious relationship. Any of those here today? Ladies, relationship, engaged, serious relationship. Okay. So I just want to ask you, don't you get super excited and feel so special when the man in your life does the absolute minimum? Aren't you overcome with gratitude when he tries to find loopholes in your relationship dynamic in order to get what he wants? And isn't your whole body just covered in goosebumps when he tries to justify all of it? Am I right, ladies? Men, where's the men in the house? That was very sad. (laughs) Men, you know how your heart starts to pound when she looks at you with boredom? (laughs) Written all over her face. And how you get all excited when you bring her a present and she doesn't look up from her phone and just grunts. It's awesome, right? Any parents in the house? Parents, don't you just feel a deep sense of fulfillment when you walk into your children's room that you lovingly pay for and decorate it and find it littered with their expensive clothes you bought for them? Isn't that just awesome? And you know how fantastic moments, those fantastic moments at the dinner table where they snarl in disgust and push away the expensive and healthy food that you bought them? Awesome, right? And I know everyone would have experienced this one for sure. Any, any shop owners in the house? Anyone that owns a shop or does retail? Okay, so those of us who are customers. Have you ever, you know those moments where you take everything you want in the shop, put it in your trolley and you come to the toll and then you say, listen, I'm going to pay this today and it's way less than what it's worth. And they say, yeah, sure. You mean? Yeah. Have, ever had those moments, right? Did I explain that badly? Yeah. You know how you come to the till and you, the milk is 50 rand and you pay 30 and they let you do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I didn't think so. <laughs> so remember those examples, okay? Why would you actually not react the way that I said? Because such behavior is not loving. It's not respectful. It's downright selfish unacceptable and even unrealistic. I think what you actually would be feeling is more a sense of disappointment, being shortchanged, underwhelmed, and taken for granted, right? I know, I know a guy, a friend of mine, whose, whose wife, he told me this himself. He says his wife would approach him as he's working on, his, on this old car that he's trying to, it's like his hobby, he's trying to make this old car work. And she literally came to him and said, please stop working on that car for a moment, just come and spend some time with me. And his reply was, am I out drinking and cheating on you? No, just let me do what I want to do. Okay, 
be happy, be grateful. You have a husband at home. <laughs> and I went, all right. What he's essentially saying to her is that the bar for love is not doing certain bad things. Instead of that love should be what God tells us. You'll see it here today. A couple of years ago, I felt God lead me to bring out a, a cap that says RMLW, which stands for Real Men Love Well. Some of you that are kind of my age will maybe remember years ago, they had a, this banners up everywhere where it says Real Men Don't Rape. Nowadays, they've got something that says Real Men Don't Abuse. What a low bar. What a low bar for being a man. So I decided we need to change the narrative and say real men love well. And you love well when you love like Jesus, which is unconditional, wholehearted, sacrificial, serving and giving. Can I get an amen? In Ephesians 5, the Word of God compares Jesus' relationship with His church with the relationship between a husband and a wife. That means that it's very important for us to, to understand what God's design and intention for marriage is. Would you agree? All right. If we miss what marriage is supposed to be, we will also miss what the church's relationship with Jesus should be. So do you think it's, it's important to understand marriage if you call yourself a Christian? All right. And right throughout the Word of God, we see God the Father and Jesus Christ as the faithful groom, constantly reaching out to His bride, the people of God, and the church. In the book of Hosea, there's a whole book dedicated where God tells a prophet to marry a prostitute and, and, and to, keep, to stay faithful to her even when she goes back to her old ways, to show him what he feels like about his people, who, who loves him a moment and then walks away and does what they want. As one reads the Bible, you get a strong sense of God's expectation that his people should serve him wholeheartedly. As we saw last, uh, two weeks ago in the message, the first commandment, we are called to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength, not some of it, not half, wholeheartedly. So to love God half-heartedly is actually to not, not love Him at all. If you don't believe me, just think of your own situation. No wife or husband wants to hear their spouse kind of loves them some of the time. As the examples I also showed you earlier. No, none of you will get excited if you hear on your wedding day, yeah, I sort of love you and I will you know, stay sort of faithful to you. I think. Maybe. <laughs> Imagine that. Do you take uh-uh for... Uh, sure. But don't we do that with God? It's all in or nothing. If you think I'm wrong, you have a warped and wrong idea of love and of marriage. And you need to repent and ask the Holy Spirit to help you fall in line with His ways. I'm being an angry papa today. We're going to look at two aspects of marriage God's way. The first aspect of marriage first as the God-ordained sequence of events for our lives. So the order in which things happen. In other words, because I put God first, I obey God's order, order in the sense of a commandment, 
And that has a certain order, sequence of events of importance. Are you with me? In other words, marriage first before having sex, living together or having children. His order. Secondly, we're going to look at that our call in God's kingdom is to go out of our way to do things His way. Instead of seeking a, seeking a way to do things my way. Put in another way, doing number one, the one I first said, following God's order wholeheartedly. I hope that makes sense. We're going to read some scriptures together. And then I'm going to tie this together for us. Let's look at 2 Timothy, verse three, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. But know this. Then the last days, perilous times will come. For, uh, I didn't put this up on the board, sorry. Just listen to me. Apologies. I wanted to add this one in the beginning because it's important for us to realize that this is a danger even inside the church. In the last day, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. All right, I just wanted to lay that foundation. Now we're going to jump into some other scriptures that are very easy on the ear. I'm lying. Hebrews 13.4. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. 1 Thessalonians 4.3-8. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, your holiness, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Don't lead each other astray, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject men, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. If that didn't sink in, I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation as well. God's will is for you to be holy, to stay away from sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins. And we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live like the, by these rules is not disobeying human teaching. It's not my teaching. It's not some other person's teaching. It's God's teaching. You'll be rejecting God. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12. You say, I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true. Though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. 
and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised the Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall reap. For he, will, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. That's what God wants for us. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Those of you who are trusting God for a husband or for a, or for a wife, and you've been like, oh, I'm waiting so long. Do not grow weary of doing good. Amen. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Romans 14, 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. If you've made any life choice, any relationship choice that doesn't come out of a place of faith, it is sin. James 4, 2 to 10. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Enmity means I'm at war with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us yearns jealousy, jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Amen. Amen. Can we just thank God for His Word? Most people... Men and women, if they want to get married and they believe there is a God, will have a list of preferences of how their future spouse should be. Some of you ladies actually have physical lists, right? I know about one couple that has a list. In a way, they put it, in a way, if you have a list, what do you do? You put in an order with God. Lord, ching ching, I would like to have this kind of wife or husband. They come to God's restaurant of relationships and they open up the menu 
and place an order for a spouse. But this restaurant is different from others. Now listen carefully. This is a bit of a tongue twister, but you have to focus. Are you ready? In order to get the order you want, you need to understand God's order and how His order works. Who's confused? Furthermore, what many people who put in their order for a spouse do not realize is that in order to get their order, they also need to serve up the order put in for them. Are you in order with the order that was put in for you? In other words, are, are you as ready as you expect your future spouse to be ready? Let me ask the, simple, the single people this. Do you want your future spouse to be the best version of themselves for the season they're in when you meet them and step into a relationship with them? Do you want them to be the best versions of themselves? Hopefully you also want them to be the best virgins of themselves. <laughs> okay. Now that makes sense. Next question. Are you the best version of yourself in the season you're in? And are you ready for marriage? It's very easy to expect stuff from someone else you haven't met yet. But are you ready? You see, understanding God's order and His divine order of events for our lives is crucial. But understanding what it is is one thing. The second step is more important actually. It's to obey His orders and to fall in line with His order of events. Amen? It's very quiet in this room. Why? Why is it important to, to know His order and to obey His order? Okay, let me ask you this. Do you believe God loves you? And the rest? Okay, if you believe God loves you, put up your hands. Show some energy. All right. God loves you. That's amazing. If you don't know God loves you, and I'm the first one to tell you, God loves you. Who doesn't believe that? Maybe that's a more important question. Who thinks God doesn't love them? Please come and see me afterwards. Do you believe that He designed you and made you? Come on, people. Work with me. Here we go. All right? So He loves you. He designed you and made you. Do you therefore understand and believe that He knows what is best for you? Less hands, okay? Do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Do you believe it gives instruction on how to live? From the place of God loving you. You may say yes, but do you trust Him in that when it doesn't make sense? Way less hands. Isaiah 55 says, His ways and thoughts are higher than ours. So there will be things and moments where we do not understand what's going on. Are you okay with that? Because here's the main question. You may know that He loves you, but here's the question. Do you love Him? Do you love Him first? Do you love Him more than you love yourself in what you want? Do you love Him more than your girlfriend or your boyfriend? Do you love Him more than the idea of getting a spouse? Because we can worship that idea. Do you love Him more than your wife, your fiancé, your spouse? Because people, if we really love Him, 
And if we really believe that He loves us and that He has given His instructions for the best so that we can have the best, then if we love Him, we will do what He says. Psalm 112 says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and greatly delights in obeying His commandments. He is blessed. John 14, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. 1 John 5 verse 3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. And if you truly love Him, you will not do the absolute minimum. And you will not look for loopholes to get what you want, to do what you want. Do you agree, church? His ways, His order, and His boundaries are there to lovingly create, establish, and protect your marriage your family, your home, and your community environment. Because He brings love, real love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. That is what His Spirit brings. If we are in alignment with Him. Marriage God's way has been and is still under severe attack. People who don't know Jesus, they will do relationships in a selfish and godless way. And dysfunction and divorces and broken homes are to be expected in a home where people don't serve God. It's to be expected because they don't know the way. But it should not be present and certainly not the norm within the church of Jesus. Why? Why should it not be the norm? Because when you are a true Christian, you are supposed to be born again. Which means what? Your old selfish man died. He's dead. He's no longer there. There's a new creation that's alive. And this new creation um, is now alive in Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That you, and I now have the mind of Christ. How does Jesus think? Does he think selfish thoughts or does he think loving thoughts? And you have access to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. Therefore, it must be possible for Christian born-again husbands to love his wife the way Christ loves the church, laying down his life. Therefore, it must be possible for a Christian woman that is truly born again to submit to her Christian husband because he loves God, because he lays down his life. She, lo- she easily submits to him. And says, yes, lead our home. Because I can see you and God are like this. And I respect you. And that man feels respected, so he easily loves his wife. That is what God has called us to. That is his way. A Christian couple both know that when they stood before God, family and friends, they made a covenant with each other and with God. And a covenant is for life. And divorce is not an option. Divorce should not come over the lips of a Christian. Because I made a covenant. It's not a contract. It's not just a piece of paper to get married. It is a serious spiritual decision. They know that they do not have to try and make it on their own. A couple that serves God. They know that they need to be part of a local life-giving church where they will be discipled, supported, prayed for, and kept accountable. 
and where they can serve and be part of something bigger than themselves so that they will remain humble, teachable, always growing in Jesus. If you don't do that, you will be isolated and do more of what you want to do and you will start getting what I call old man hiccups. You want to go back to that old person. That is why God gave us the church. You can't do it alone. This is God's plan for marriage, the thing I just described. This is an order from God about the order He has for us. When we choose to to not follow His orders or respect His order of events for our lives, we will suffer the consequences. We will. Because He's a God of His Word. You will say, no, but He's a loving God. He's a good God. Yes, because He is loving. Because He is righteous, because He is just, He will not go against His own word. God will not be mocked. He is a jealous God. He wants all of your heart, not some of your heart. And if you say you love Him, but you do relationships the way you want to do it, you are lying. And He cannot bless you. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If you ignore God's orders and choose to do things out of God's ordained sequence of events, you are shooting yourself in the foot. And you're building on a shaky foundation. Jesus himself said there's a narrow way and there's a broad way. He showed us that there's a kingdom of heaven and there's a kingdom of this world led by Satan. He taught us that there's a heaven and there's a hell and that there's a choice on this side of eternity that will determine where we will spend eternity. There is no middle way. There is no middle way. It does not exist. If you think it exists, the devil has successfully lied to you and you need to repent and say, I'm sorry and say, Jesus, help me. Let these lies fall off of my life. There's freedom on the other side of repentance. God first. Marriage first. It's about the order of God and about His order. He loves us and knows what's best for us. If we truly love Him, it will show in our obedience. And obedience is greater than sacrifice. What am I giving up? I'm giving up living together with my girlfriend. What am I giving up? I'm giving up sleeping together before I'm married. I'm giving up maybe paying a bit more rent. I'm paying. It's nothing compared. Nothing compared to living God's way. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Otherwise, you are worshipping convenience. You are worshipping money. You are worshipping the, the world's way. You are not wholeheartedly seeking God. It is that simple. I know this is a tough word to hear. But this is a necessary word to hear at this time. The devil is the father of lies and he's trying to infiltrate our church and the church in general with, the, with this deception. That you can do relationships your own way. It is a lie from the pit of hell. How did he lie to Adam and Eve? What was the very first lie? Did God really say? You are falling for it. Don't fall for it. You don't have to fall for it. As As your shepherd and the gatekeeper of this flock, I cannot allow this to happen. My heart hurts. When I speak to people and I give them the truth and they are glazed over from the lies of the enemy and they don't want to receive the word of God. It breaks my heart because I know if they don't repent, if they don't turn away from the way they're doing things, their marriage will be a mess. And I don't want that to happen. It's not because I have the answer. It's because God gave us the answer. 
And if you're trying to do it your own way, you are willingly sinning against God. Go and read Hebrews 10 and be convicted. So that was the first part of my message. I have good news. I have very, very good news. Jesus died on a cross for our sins and rose from the grave, overcoming death, overcoming sin. And in Him, there is forgiveness. In Him, there is grace. On the other side of repentance and true um, salvation, there's a life free from sin and death. I want us to take a moment and reflect and respond about these things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to three groups of people and I want you to respond. If you are single and want to have a godly marriage one day, but you are struggling with sexual sin or pornography or anything in that line, and you realize that you need to get healed and whole in order to fall into God's order and have a great marriage, I want you to take a moment right now. You can all close your eyes if you want to. I want you to, if that's you and you feel convicted today, not condemned, I'm not bringing judgment on you. I'm not asking you to feel guilty and ashamed. I'm asking you to be convicted by the Holy Spirit and conviction leads us to freedom in Christ. That is what I'm asking for today. If that is you as a single person, just close your eyes, focus on Jesus and say, Lord, I repent of my sin. Repenting means to change the way you are thinking from the the sinful thoughts and ways to God's way. That is what repentance is. Let's turn away from those things that are not of God. Let's turn away from selfish desires and turn to Him. Take a moment and just say, Lord Jesus, I am sorry that I've gone against Your order. I'm sorry that I've gone against Your way. Forgive me. Wash me clean and make me new. And if Your prayer is sincere and if your repentance is truly godly sorrowful he will forgive you and wash you clean and you will walk out of here a new person the second group or anyone that is involved in a premarital relationship and you know that you've disobeyed God's order by sleeping together living together committing adultery fornication sexual immorality or not by serving him wholeheartedly but always trying to find loopholes and trying to do the absolute minimum this is your moment to run to the father to repent and receive his forgiveness and to go and sin no more take a moment say lord jesus i'm sorry i repent from doing things my way today i choose to do things your way. Forgive me, wash me clean, and strengthen me so I can walk in your ways. The third group, if you are already married, but you realize today that your marriage is not built on a God order foundation, the good news is it's not too late. You can also run to your Father, repent of your sin, repent before God. If you built your marriage on a relationship where you lived together, slept together before you got married. Repent before God for that sin. Repent towards each other for taking something from each other that wasn't meant for that time. 
and ask each other's forgiveness. Then forgive each other. Receive God's forgiveness. And the same thing. Know that you are forgiven. Know that you are washed clean. For all three of these groups, I want to, I want to encourage you again. Don't try to do it alone. He is a church for a reason. We are here to help, encourage, and strengthen you. Connect groups are there for you to have prayer, support, and accountability. Get stuck in. Be a part of it. Some of you right now may be struggling with a strong sense of self-righteousness and pride. You're convinced that you are right and that the loophole you're standing on is justified. I want you to know that as we read earlier, the, the Lord resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. From my own personal experience, I want to strongly encourage you to humble yourself before the Lord. Because many times, He will cause circumstances to be such that you will be forced to humble yourself. You don't want it to get to that place. Love receives correction graciously. Love is humble. And love wants to please God. Some of you realize that you may need to take a big inconvenient decision today. Maybe you need to stop your physical relationship and move out. Maybe you need to decide to live separately until you're actually married. A few weeks of discomfort or a few months of discomfort is surely better than a lifetime built on a shaky foundation and not knowing God's, that God is blessing your marriage. Surely it's better. I want to end off with a quick testimony. A couple of months ago, I had the privilege of marrying a young couple. They're in our church. They came to me and said, listen, can you marry us? And I said, I'll, I'll preach at your, at your wedding if you come for premarital counseling. And they did that. And in the first session, we had a tough, straight talk. It came out that they were living together, sleeping together. And it also came out that the man was a cultural Christian. He wasn't actually born again. And by the grace of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God that I just ministered to them, the love and the truth of the Word of God broke through the lies that they believed. That man gave his life to Christ in my house. They both repented to God. They both repented to each other, forgave each other. And that night made a plan on how to live God's way until they got married. And it was an absolute joy to preach at their wedding, knowing that they've decided to do it God's way. I want that for all of you. Not because I think I want to judge you or make you feel bad. It's because God's way is the best way. And there isn't a way to manipulate it. We need to honor God in every area. If you have any questions about this or doubts or you need prayer or you need help, please come to us. We will try to our utmost to, to, to help you in whatever way we need to do that. We can make an appointment for the week to come or whatever is necessary. So thank you for coming. Let us end this service. I apologize for being over time, but this was important. We will still have coffee afterwards, everyone together. We will be available outside for the signing of the books come and say hi and I look forward to having church with you again next week thank you for joining us I, I just want to reiterate God loves you so much and that is why he wants to do 
thing. He wants you to do things His way. Amen? All right. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank You for Your goodness, Your grace, Your mercy, Your love. We worship You. We honor You. And we, I thank You for every person in this room, everyone that's going to listen later. Bless them, strengthen them, guide them. Holy Spirit, I thank You for Your convicting power that's setting people free right now. I thank You for the prayers that have gone up, the prayers of repentance, the prayers that are and that are loosening the shackles and the chains around people's lives so that they can live freely and fully for you. I thank you right now, Lord, that I can pray for every engagement and every marriage in this house. I pray your blessing. I pray your sanctification. I pray your strength and your protection over every marriage in this place. I thank you, Lord, that people will come to the, to the absolute knowledge of how to do things your way, that they will obey your order and that they will follow the order you have for life. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray, amen and amen. Have a great Sunday. We love you. God loves you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.